0: Welcome to Conversations with Chuck Hester, a weekly podcast designed to inform, entertain, and introduce you to some really interesting and inspiring people. Today's episode is brought to you by Market Muse, the content platform where you can publish fearlessly using content intelligence. I'm your host, Chuck Hester. And today I have the privilege of kind of redubbing this as Conversations with Chuck Hester Rock and Roll Edition, because my guest is Eric. a startup coach and product coach as well. Eric assists first and second time founders who have not yet achieved product market fit by helping them avoid all the mistakes he's made. His advice boils down to the same things over and over, less, less hiring, spending, features, and code, and more, selling, revenue, customers, and communication. He is well-qualified as a startup coach. He's exited five companies over his career, one IPO, and four acquisitions. Welcome, Eric. How's it going, man? It's good. Good to have you on, man. I've been you know want to do this for a little while. Uh, so uh, so welcome to the podcast, and uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, you know, we talked about that pre-show as to to what we want to cover. But first, let's start with a startup and product coach. So, let's say first of all, explain what that is and how you work with your clients.
1: For sure, man. Um, so I uh, my business cards. Remember when we used business cards? Uh, yes. my, uh, my business cards simply say landmine detector. And the idea is that early on in a, uh, in a startup's career, uh, oftentimes it's just about luck. It's about getting lucky. Uh, and you can't optimize for that. What you can optimize for is keeping your company around long enough for that great thing to happen. So I'm focused on keeping companies from making, uh, existential mistakes things that seem completely rational and reasonable, but
0: ultimately can kill a company. Excellent. So, um, you know, are, are you focusing on one particular industry or is it across the board? I know you've, you've got some tech background, but um, talk to me further about that as well. For sure. Uh, it's crazy, right? I mean, I, I've had a 27 year, uh,
1: uh, whatever, uh, experience in launching my own technology companies. But at the same time, I, uh, I have clients now who run the gamut, obviously lots of tech startups, but in the past, I had a, uh, a, a Disney master artist uh, who was looking to build her, uh, her brand and her portfolio of uh, business opportunities. Uh, I've got a company right now that uh, works with the Boulder DVR, uh, which is the Department of Vocational uh, Rehabilitation, and they help uh, traditionally underemployed folks who have uh, one form or another of uh, of uh, mental or uh, physical challenges, and help them find and find work and remain uh, employed. And I, they're they're one of my favorite clients because so many people, uh, so many of my of my clients and founders that I work with. Have you know, great uh, great missions, right? They they want to help. Uh, I've got one who's, for instance, wants to speed up uh, manufacturing. Like that's great. But when uh, when Steve, the CEO of Wonder Years, talks about his mission to help people uh, get a job when in some cases they haven't even left their room for five years because they feel so completely neglected by society and feel like there's you know there's no place for them. Right, it, there's not a dry eye in the in the room, man. Like everybody feels uh, the, the 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 I don't know it's the power of uh, of his company's mission. So uh, I'll work with just about anybody if uh, if they've got a, a hunger to be successful and a fair bit of humility to uh, to learn.
0: Yeah, and, and you know I've seen this because uh, you know, I have talked, and, and full disclosure, you're one of my clients. Uh, in regards to LinkedIn, but um, I've seen this when I went back out on my own about six months ago, um, I found a somewhat of a shift in regards to, you know, my background is technology and SaaS. That's who I've primarily been for the last 25 plus years. But I found a shift in, and I think it's we'll never call it the new normal. There's no such thing. The new reality of COVID and what we're dealing with That that, that I'm finding different clients than I thought I would before. Are you seeing that at all? Are you seeing different people that you're dealing with because of of the circumstances we're in? I
1: uh, I think that uh, perhaps more people than ever are open to the idea uh, that a a coach could be helpful for them, which I think is fantastic, right? Uh, A number of things that I say uh, that I use over and over again uh, in my uh, coaching comes from coaches that I've been lucky enough to have over the years. And at the same time, I think of, so many of the brutal mistakes that I've made uh, that had, no lie, tens of millions of dollars of negative impact in my life. And, and in almost every case, I can look back and go, if I just had a coach at that moment, maybe I would have done something different. If I'd had someone who could have caused me to take a step back and uh, as my former therapist uh, like to say, uh, respond instead of react, how would be different? And at the end of the day, I mean, I'm I am a lucky man. I've got a job that I uh, you know I, I would um, do even for free, and often do. Um, I've got two kids that uh, I, I adore, and uh, I've got a you know a pretty good collection of friends that uh, bring me joy. So everything else is a rounding error. And,
0: and a really cool dog named Indy as well. Don't forget that. Heck yes. As well, absolutely. So you you brought up an interesting point. You said of Willing to be coached. Is that is that a requirement that and is that's a difficulty that a lot of startup founders find is oh, I've got this. I understand this. I can do it all and all that stuff that goes along with that. You know, So, yeah, let's talk about that, man.
1: Well, for sure. Right. I mean, um, there, there's this uh, there's this classic aphorism uh, that you can't teach anything to somebody who knows everything. And um, you know, I I once had a, a client and I I I occasionally fire my clients for for various different reasons. And I had one um who I really loved, she was an amazing person. And um I I, I finally said, You're not coachable. And her response was, yes, I am. I've had a lot of coaches.
0: <laughs> and just me, right? <laughs> having coach kind of says not- it all right yeah <laughs>
1: perhaps that's a red flag and so i you know i humility is very important for me um i've i've had some some pretty incredible successes in my career. And at the same time, I recognize that uh, you know those successes tend to boil down to a combination of luck and an incredible team that carried the ball across the finish line. In mm-hmm. um, a lot of cases, the the companies that I've started ended up being successful long after I was gone. And so, yes, I get to you know claim, uh, and rightly so, you know some of that success. but at the same time, it's there's no doubt in anybody's mind that uh that you know who really uh, was responsible there and so when i talk to founders uh whether they are intensely successful or they're they're brand new they come at this from this perspective of um it's all about me uh i know exactly what i need to do it's just like oh child Right, like you, you uh, one of my best friends likes to say that uh, there's nobody more difficult to work for than somebody who's been lucky twice and doesn't realize it. And it's it's so true, right? Uh, when it comes to coaching, I want people who are uh, absolutely committed to building a better version of themselves. But at the same time, in order to do that, uh, you need to recognize that
0: there are there are options or you know areas for improvement. Hmm absolutely and and maybe uh, kind of a little perspective we talked about uh one ipo and four exits can you name some of the companies and and the, that you you did that with the four absolutely the yeah. so um, uh, my first company
1: was uh, was called ign and i dropped out of college uh, became a became the first web guy at a publishing company and a year later my boss and i uh, basically took everything that we'd learned back in you know this was now 1996 uh, about uh, building uh, web media companies and launched a new uh, a new product in that publishing company and man it would have been great to know about stock options when i was 21 because uh, i didn't and uh, that company eventually uh, was spun out and the owner of that company the owner of the publishing company rightly uh, realized that at that point a 24 year old college dropout was not the right person to take a company public. I was incensed by that. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was a personal affront, uh, right? A in, in massive insult, and I was angry about it for a long time. Especially when the CEO and CTO that they brought in to take that company public ultimately made, you know, tens, if not hundreds, of millions of dollars. Uh, on the plus side, the next time that I raised capital, I got to say, right, I was the the, the co-founder of a company that had been acquired for $650 million. Like that doesn't suck on your resume, uh, but make no mistake, uh, you know, the, the guys that uh, Mark Jung and Ken Keller uh, and their team were the one that eventually you know got that thing sold. Uh, so I think it's just really important to, to be able to leverage your successes and all re- also recognize that nobody does this shit in a vacuum.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and as I've mentioned before, uh, this podcast is about three things, marketing, social media and paying it forward. And we're going to get into all of those subjects uh, based on that. So, so talk about the role of marketing in a very early stage company. And your phrase is it's not about selling. It's about discovery. So walk us through that, man.
1: Sure. Um, So I think one of the challenges that so many founders have, and I've put myself squarely in this, right. As as you called out early on, um, I coach from a perspective of helping founders m- not make them all the mistakes that I've made, and I've—I I've, not only have made—I feel like every mistake I've invented a bunch of them, but uh, a, a mistake that I made many times and that so many founders make is uh, they're focused on their solution in a vacuum. And a, a good friend of mine who ran uh, a couple of different accelerators likes to say founders need to fall in love with the problem more than they fall in love with their solution. And I adore that. What happens is a lot of people in a vacuum come up with that solution and they say, Oh my gosh, I've got this great idea. Uh, Let's, let's go sell it. And the problem is uh, they don't understand their customers at all. And so it's very difficult to sell to somebody when you don't understand their specific problems and you haven't earned the right to offer a solution. Uh, My personal and it's purely a personal perspective is that marketing is is essentially sales and scale right you are trying to uh, convince a lot of people about the uh, efficacy of your solution and Again, if you don't understand the problem of the market that you're trying to sell to how can you possibly? uh, close a deal and so all the sell, you know, founders need to be the salespeople, first of all, or in an early company, and their job is to ask questions. It's not to go into conversations and say, hey, here's this thing that you should have. It's tell me about your problems. And ultimately, we hope that there is a, ro- a road that connects the problem to the solution. I love the idea of marketing, being able to ask questions at scale, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not about... Uh, advertising on Facebook to 100,000 people that you've got this solution. It's asking 100,000 people on Facebook if they have specific problems. You know the the classic example is uh, Tim Ferriss uh, using Google AdWords to determine the optimal name for uh, the Four Hour Work Week. Uh, I was just yeah. talking about it with a friend over the weekend. Was, his original plan was calling it deal, "Dealing Drugs for Fun and Profit." Because sure. it had a, a supplements business at the time, and it was like, "Wow, that's a great uh, you know that's a great name, but it's not necessarily the right name." And he leveraged uh, Google uh, and Google Ads to essentially ask the question to a bunch of people, "What is the best title for this book?" And so, using social platforms and using different advertising platforms to ask questions, right? Seeing what problem statements resonate and you can you can tell simply by measuring click through right if you say hey we think you've got this problem and nobody clicks all right either they don't have that problem or just as likely they've got the problem but you use the wrong language
0: okay yeah and
1: at at the end of the day i'm a huge believer that you want to leverage marketing early
0: but it's all in the service of learning not doing Yeah, and, and you bring up a good point. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of folks out there. As a matter of fact, in a couple of weeks, one of my my heroes, Marcus Sheridan, who wrote the book, uh, you They Ask, You Answered, uh, is basically all about that. Which And Bob Berg, who was on a, a week or so ago, same type of situation of, you know, if you want referrals, you need to walk through and ask, okay, what's the problem? How can we, you know, as opposed to, guess what, Eric, here's my solution and you should buy it those type of things. And he brought up another point, which is interesting too, because I've been in a couple of different startups as well. And, you know, you find founders who come in there and they say, oh, this is such a great idea. I'm going to go ask Jim and John and Jane and and all my good friends and we'll have a beer and we'll talk about it. And of course they go, great idea, Chuck, not a problem whatsoever, because they're your friends and they're they're not you know, we're not crowdsourcing as far as that goes. So, yeah, marketing, um, marketing for find solutions and to find answers as opposed and ask questions. Uh, interesting take as to that and, and, and making that work. So great to see that that's uh, that's something that's a philosophy of yours as well.
1: One, one uh, thing that, there that uh, I'm a huge fan of and coach over and over again. Right. It, it's this. Um, Goes back to falling in love with the problem and not the solution. Mm. Um, when you ask most founders, what do they do? They immediately talk about their solution, right? And not only do they talk about their solution, they talk about it in their own in their own view, right? So, what do you do? Oh my God, we build this software that allows you to do X, Y, and Z, and it's just like wrong. You're like, don't don't even go back to zero. Um, try again. The proper way of of answering that right is and you know this can be trained but ideally it's something that is so deeply ingrained because you've fallen in love with that problem that when you ask a founder what do they do the very first thing they say is so there's this group of people and here's what they struggle with right and then you you get that context and then you naturally go well oh my god well how do you how do you solve that glad you asked we solve that problem by doing X, right? Um, anybody who answers the question, founder, who answers the question, "What do you do?" We're
0: talking about themselves. Has already fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, no doubt about it. So, uh, so let, let's shift gears a little bit because uh, you know, I, as a pay forward advocate, and, and later in the program, we'll talk about the pay it forward Tuesdays initiative, which you're aware of, um, and I, I'm having a ball with this, but. Um, uh, and honestly, one of my, my, uh, talks, speeches, if you will, is paying it forward in the community to build brand equity. So, uh, this, this information that you provided, which is pay it forward is an unexpectedly good business model. First of all, I couldn't agree more, uh, but, uh, elaborate, tell me what, what you, uh, what, what you see there. So, so I,
1: uh, I'm getting a little bit of an echo now. It's good. Excellent. So I, uh, I started coaching full time in April of last year, right as COVID was uh, was was uh, you know, making huge huge changes. And at that point, I had uh, I'd been coaching part time, left my permanent position at a startup uh, that I'd co-founded, and found myself with four clients, which um, wasn't even enough to pay alimony. And uh, the entire reason that I started coaching uh, was because alimony is expensive. And found in in the process of doing so that helping other people start their own companies was the most meaningful thing that I had done in years. And so here I am making the leap right at the point where uh, you know the, the business world is getting uh, absolutely brutalized by, uh, by a pandemic. And all I could think of was, I've got to get clients, I've got to get clients, I've got to get clients, I've got to get clients. That was just the refrain that was going through my head nonstop, got to get more and more clients. And for a couple of months, end uh, the, the you know and prior to that when i was sort of just doing it on the side um i found that that moment where i tried to essentially convert a customer it was so awkward i would sit there with this pained sort of very false smile on my face and what i was thinking over and over again was you know is 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 now the time right like can can i ask now can I, can i like can I ask them to pay now and It it did not feel great for me. I'm sure it felt very uh, awkward for whoever was on the other side of Zoom. And over time, what I figured out was I just needed to make space to be hopeful. And I put something out on LinkedIn in, uh, I want to say in perhaps May or June, where I literally just put out a call and said, I just want to talk to people. I just want to talk to founders. I don't care if you're looking for a client, I don't care if you've got a company, if you're just thinking about starting, like I'll talk to anybody. And especially uh, uh, historically overlooked founders, whether that was founders of color, female founders, uh, LGBTQ founders, right? I especially wanted to talk to them, but I was t- willing to talk to anybody for free just to give feedback. And then over time, right, uh, what I discovered was, the magic was just a coach until I knew that I had brought something of value, mm. and it's funny because now you know people will ask me on the first or second call, like you know, on the first call especially, like, hey, how much does this cost? Like, what does coaching look like? And I'm like, dude, don't even worry about. It. Like, you got an hour, let's just talk. And at the end of it, if I had a good time, and I and I think that you're uh, a, a great founder, and you had a good time, then I'm going to say, let's talk next week, right? Let's ju- let's just talk again, and next time bring a problem. And you know, if at the end of that call I feel like wow, I really brought value, I'll tell you how much I cost, right? I'm not cheap, but I'm not you know I'm not uh, incredibly expensive. Um, I'm certainly a considered opinion, but I'm only going to tell you about that if I actually feel like I was valuable. And if I'm if I don't like if I felt like it was good but not great if the you know, the heavens didn't part and the the choir of angels didn't start singing if I still enjoyed myself I'm just gonna say like hey let's talk again next week I, and eventually either I get bored you get bored or we get to a point where I'm like oh yeah oh yeah that that's the one and then I'll say hey you know I cost X and uh, this is what it looks like you know are you in are you out and at that point, I convert pretty much every single customer, and it's because I am willing to do this for free mm-hmm. as long as it takes if I believe in the founder. You know, I, uh, I had a, a founder finally convert after he raised capital uh, in uh, in November of last year, and when I finally said, like, yeah, it's time. Let's talk about how much I, how much I charge. He's like, you know, you've been coaching me for a year. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, you know, monthly basis, this was, it was so worth it to, uh, help you once a month and, you know, offer suggestions. And he's like, yeah, but who in their right mind works for a year? And it was like, yeah, you're awesome. Like I, I, I you know, I prefer that you pay me, but I'd probably keep doing this for free. Last week, I, uh, I brought on a new team. There are a couple of college, you know, two kids fresh out of college. One who's finishing at the end of this year. We've talked monthly for a couple of months now and i was so overwhelmed by how uh, how much they're crushing it how thoughtful they are at the age of like 21 and 22 that i was like guys like look i just i'm telling you right now i want to coach you like i will coach you weekly and here's here's how much i charge and i'll make this deal with you you don't have to pay me until you raise capital which could be a couple of months it could be the end of the year and if at, the, if at the moment that you raise capital, you ultimately think to yourself, you know what, this is great, but I don't know that we need coaching moving forward. I am overjoyed about the fact that I helped you get capital. I helped you navigate some of this stuff and there will be no hard feelings. And the one of, one of the founders was like, come on, dude, seriously, like you're, you're literally telling me that you will help us for perhaps six months. And finally, when we've got the ability to pay, if we don't want to pay you, you we don't have to. I was like, dude, again, like I will have gotten such joy out of being a part of your entrepreneurial journey that uh, I'm 100 percent on board for this.
0: Yeah. 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 And, and honestly, it dovetails with the Pay It Forward Tuesdays uh, initiative that we're doing. The five consultants giving a half hour each to work with, uh, I, you know, a good example is, is you're talking about the youngsters. I've got a 24 year old entrepreneur who is two years out of uh, basically no, a year out of MBA school where he was an intern for three or four years. He has three interns now, but getting on, on the phone, with under hoops and talking to him about, you know, his social media marketing uh, organization that he's got going on. Uh, my favorite phrase I've been using a lot lately is, you know, uh, rising tide lifts all boats. If you want to be lifted up, lift somebody else up. I mean, that that's kind of the bottom line on that. I mean, it's 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 fascinating to see how many people are out there just hustling like crazy and it comes off as just hustling uh you know kind of the bottom line on that as opposed to let's build a relationship let's make that work you know when i when i had to connect with folks on linkedin i always ask them how can i be of service a lot of people come back and say so and how much does that cost so no no that's not the point the point is i want to deepen the connection figure out what's going on and see where it goes from there man so uh uh, kudos for you on that that side of it it's i know it's hard because it's hard for me to not uh, have that conversation uh okay Well, up front, here's my sale price, and here's what I got going on, and you know all the stuff that happens. So uh, at
1: the end of the day, we earn the right, right, earn the right to ask somebody to pay me. And on that pay it forward thing, and and specifically the um, the rising tide lifting all boats. uh, After uh, all the 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 stuff that happened uh, with the fallout of George Floyd this summer. yeah, there was a lot of conversations within like TechStars, where i'm a mentor and other organizations that that asked sort of you know this what are we actually doing to uh be allies in the, the startup community and i um i made a commitment to taking on two full-time pro bono clients that are traditionally underrepresented again doesn't matter if they're a founder of color or female uh lgbtq um, i made space to have two full clients that don't have to pay me uh, that that want to be helpful in, in building their company. And the thing that I tell them, right? And this is the, 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 the rising tide part. Um, I always tell them the same thing, which is I will coach you forever for free. If at some point you raise capital or you start rating, making money, whatever it is, and you decide that you want to start paying me, my commitment is that I will immediately open up another slot for another underrepresented founder. So I'm giving that founder the opportunity at some point to essentially uh, create space for yet another uh, underrepresented founder to uh, to have access. Um, if if uh, for various reasons, right, financial or whatever else, they can't make that happen, great. Like I'm, I'm, I'm doing my part, but I'm always excited about the ability to do more. So, And that's that point of like, hey, we're going to get you to a point where now you start empowering other people, uh, which I think is what everybody wants, is to have enough agency in their community to start giving help uh, beyond receiving help.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it really makes a difference. And and we're seeing that with the, you know, we've got four that we've done for Paid Forward Tuesdays. Uh, We've got, you know, 12 more that we'll do this year. Uh, and we're already seeing, you know, this as you have seen with your guys, the success of of what they're doing, and 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 we're and it's like having you know an alumni association. Right? Let's let's look and watch and see how these guys grow and how these how these four five hundred one c threes grow. So it's really fascinating to see that going on. And uh, you know, we'll have this conversation off offline, and we've done this before, Eric. But I may be tapping you for Fade Forward Tuesdays, and we've we've talked a little bit about that. But uh, sure. yeah, absolutely. So. So here's the, the, the last provocative thing. And, and I mentioned in a, in a post that I put out on LinkedIn before, you know, always provocative in a positive way. Um, you sent me a statement, which, you know, I wasn't quite floored by it because, you know, I'm heading in that direction myself, but you just deleted your Facebook and Twitter accounts. Yep. You're still on LinkedIn, but in general, you think social media is dead to you. Absolutely. All right. Um, so uh, I'm going to ask you to elaborate. For sure. And I mean, I've been
1: thinking about this for several years. Uh, I, I told a friend. Uh, so I did this on Monday, and it was one of those things where I finally woke up and was like, "Yeah, I'm going to do this today," and didn't give myself the space to question it. Immediately went to uh, went to Twitter and deleted it. I talked to one one person and sent sent them my email before deleting it, and then on Facebook posted and said, "Hey, I'm deleting my account today," and then did it, Um, but it, it, I I told a friend, this terrifies me and I don't know why, which is probably even more of a reason to do it. Um, It, it, the the, the core reason it's not, you know, it's not because of politics, it's not because, uh, you know, that Trump has been deplatformed or anything else, uh, it's random sort of timing. What it boiled down to is, uh, what I think it boils down to for a lot of people is, social media, especially Facebook and Twitter, do not bring me joy, right? They they have become a place where all I do is complain about politics or on Twitter, uh, poor customer service. Um, It's for all of my friends, uh, sort of engage in echo chambers. I'm very liberal. And so I got to see on a daily basis, all of my friends getting angrier and angrier uh, about things. And I'm sure that when the, you know, sort of conservative Twitter and conservative Facebook, um, it's much the same thing, only sort of different perspectives. And uh, about two months before the election, I just said, I can't take it anymore. And I'm going on a a total news and social media fast. And for six weeks, I read nothing. uh, And it was the happiest I'd been in ages. Mm Uh, I have a lot of issues with, uh, with president Trump, but I got to tell you, when you don't engage in the daily outrage machine, um, he didn't seem nearly so bad because I wasn't hearing about all of the, you know, day-to-day, you know, screw ups or whatever. It was just like, he's just a president that I don't hear about. And my life was no different. Uh, you know, if I knew about it or didn't know about it, other than I was miserable, and two weeks before the election, I was like, no, I've got to, like, I have to know what's going on. And that turned into me being on social media for another and reading news, uh, and doom scrolling for hours a day for another two months. And I just said, no, I'm, done. I'm I have nothing. Uh, and I, you know, I had a lot of friends, especially on Facebook in that couple of hours where I had a post that said, yeah, I'm going to be gone by the end of today. That were just like, if there's no, or is there no way for you to find a happy medium here? Like, unfollow people do you know whatever and i was like i have to make it so that the effort to come back is insurmountable right the only way that i can make sure that i never come back is by essentially blowing up the network that i'd created right i had 6000 followers 5000 followers on uh, on twitter um i was friends with like 2000 people on facebook and you know the way facebook works i probably only saw um, you know, a couple hundred of them at uh, any you know any time, and it was hard, right? Because I mean, there's all these people that I you know that I only think of through Facebook, They're, you know uh, random friends that are like, oh, I'm going to miss you, know, miss your wit, I'm going to miss your your thoughtfulness or whatever else. And there's this like twinge of like, man, like I'm probably never going to talk to these people again. I mean, just in all reality, um, social media provides a false sense of connection. And it's just like, yeah, I'm I'm done, and so I deleted it. And what's funny, right, is Facebook and Twitter. Twitter will eventually let you delete your profile, right? You deactivate it, and after 30 days, if uh, if if you haven't reactivated it, they nuke it. Uh, Facebook is like a like a I don't know a battered spouse or something. It's like, baby, it's okay. I understand. You know, you, you can come back anytime because I love you. And so I don't know that there's any way to truly delete my Facebook profile. It's now deactivated. Um, I can still use Facebook Messenger. Uh, I can still log onto Instagram. And when I have more time, I'm gonna try and you know, research how to make this permanent because it sucks that I could go back at any moment and re-engage in this and I don't want
0: to. Yeah, and, and and that's the the quote unquote power that they have over uh, over the masses, if you will, and that they say, oh, yeah, you know, well, even Twitter at 30 days. Yeah, Eric will change his mind. No big deal. We'll, we'll just keep him active in the, in the background. Same, but Facebook is even worse. And, and honestly, I am may not delete it, but I'm probably going to segment it differently than I have before other than, you know, um, um, talking about the podcast. But the other aspect of it, I always used to say that Facebook was only about my, you know, my applesauce recipes, my cooking, and, you know, my love for USC and Monopoly. Uh, so I think I need to start going back to that. But I did the same thing only on the, the news side, and especially for COVID, and said, I'm not going to look at it daily. I just can't do it daily. It's just, it brings me down. Uh, honestly, it brought me down because of there were friends on both sides of the aisle, quite frankly, uh, who were, you know, their major tribes. and and I I was saddened by that uh, to be because I loved these people, hated their their rhetoric, and that was kind of the bottom line. So interesting to see that that that's heading that direction. But um, Eric, believe us or not, and not believe us or not is not a good term because conversations with you are always entertaining and provocative. Uh, we are we are actually at the thirty three minute mark, believe it or not, so far. Um, so, talk to me a little bit about because I know you have a startup blog. Um, but tell, talk to uh, my listeners where they can find you, how they can get in touch with you. Absolutely, so, uh,
1: the best place to go, is obvious startup advice. Uh, that one is really easy to spell, and it is a uh, a place where uh, every week I write about uh, a different aphorism uh, that I use. Uh, you've been doing, yeah, I've been doing this for twenty seven years. You've been doing this for uh, for uh, easily as long, Chuck, and um, I imagine that you're much like me. Where at this point, I think of so many things in terms of pithy statements, right? The uh, you know a CEO has three responsibilities: communicate the vision, hire great people, don't run out of money. Um, uh, you know, sell it before you build it. All of these things where I pattern match, and there's a lot of pain, a lot of experience, and it all boils down to this one thing that I can use over and over. So, at obvious startup advice on a weekly basis, I take one of those aphorisms, and I write an article, typically about a thousand words, that just describes why uh, why I f- I feel that way, right? How I've come to that belief. I talk about some examples, and then typically, you know, some things that you can do uh, to, uh, to 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 uh, you know be more productive in, in that frame. And I've got a fantastic co-writer, right? I've, I've got serious eight. I have a really hard time uh, actually putting my words down, and so uh, I write with uh, a woman named Megan Hanson. She's the best. Yeah, absolutely, the best. And I, it is impossible to ask me about obvious startup advice without me bringing her up, because she is a she is the critical component. Um, I, I, once a week, I call her up, and I'm like, "Great, we're going to talk for 45 minutes about whatever," and then I just barf at her. And I'm just like, here's examples and here's things and here's ideas and whatever else. And then at the end of the week, she says, here's a rough draft. Uh, Oftentimes, I I can just hit publish. That's just done. And sometimes we'll go and I'll change the wording. I'll I'll think of something else and I'll edit it a little bit. But uh, Megan and I, as a team, uh, do obviousstartupadvice.com. And I would say that uh, if anybody is starting a company, it's not a bad place to go to Uh, learn a lot of the mistakes or learn from a lot of the mistakes
0: that I've already made. Yeah. And, and, you know, I I think my audience has gotten kind of a slight flavor for it, but you're pretty darn straightforward and there's information in there that people are going to, really, you're going to say that What do you mean I can't A-B split test? I mean, what's going on with that? What, you know, the pivots that you talk about. So anyway, Eric, listen, as usual, it's been a pleasure to have a conversation with you. When I started this podcast, that was was what it was all about, is conversations with interesting people and uh, exposing uh, people to folks they may not have known before. Ah, uh, frankly, Megan and I uh, connected first, and she's the one that connected me with you. So it's always about that next connection and where you're going to go. Uh, and trust me, my friend, I'm serious about uh, coming back on you with the uh, the Pay It Forward Tuesdays aspect of it. You're doing already a lot of that work, so greatly appreciate. But I appreciate your time, and I know I know your time is incredibly valuable. So I appreciate you taking me the the uh, almost full hour with the pre-show, uh, being able to set that up, and uh, and God bless you, brother. Chuck, I appreciate it. It's always great. It's always a pleasure to chat. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. Thanks. So that's another edition of uh, Pay It Forward. Uh, And as far as the the conversation goes, I want to do a Pay It Forward Minute real quick. And that's uh, we've kind of talked a little bit about that as far as that goes. So um, let me talk uh, specifically about Pay It Forward and the Pay It Forward Tuesday's initiative. Uh, You may know that as well. A special shout out as usual to our pay it forward five that's adam Sinkus, jennifer radke bob shears and Lori marrero if you're not connected with them you can't miss them on my linkedin stream so find them uh, and we are already into 2021 so next tuesday january 29th stay tuned because we'll be selecting a new recipient the third tuesday of every month and our first one will be next week so if you know someone who you think would be a good nominee get in touch with me through LinkedIn. We have a a nomination process in place as well. And as Eric had mentioned as well, it's really nice to be able to pay it forward to community to build that brand equity. So if you're a company organization that provides products and services to the small business entrepreneurial community or the 501c3 community, you can participate in Pay It Forward Tuesdays. We are looking for sponsors that can provide those products and services in kind to our 2021 recipients. Great way to pay it forward and also build that brand equity. So contact me for details and more information. And with this, I also want to thank my sponsor, Market Muse. Market Muse is a place where you can publish fearlessly using uh, content intelligence. So that wraps it up for Conversations with Chuck Hester. Uh, Next week on January 13th, my guest is Tamson Webster, keynote speaker, message strategist, and full-time idea whisperer and creator of the proprietary Red Red Thread method of storytelling. Please feel free to share this podcast with your friends and connections. The replay will be uh, on very soon on Facebook and YouTube. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Also through Anchor FM, the audio of the podcast can be found on Google Podcasts and Spotify and several other places as well, many other channels. So if you're interested in learning how you can improve your marketing or LinkedIn presence, Contact me on LinkedIn. Mention this podcast. I'll give you a free 15-minute discovery call. And as uh, Eric mentioned, it could go longer and it won't cost you a thing. And if you are interested in my one-on-one training, I'm running a 21 for 21 special right now, 21% off through January 21st, 2021. Not a big sales guy, but I had a lot of fun with the 21s. So anyway, long story short, that's it for this week on Conversations with Chuck Esther. Until next time, this is Chuck Hester wishing you Happy New Year and amazing 2021. Stay well, stay connected, and always pay it forward.